Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. This episode is part two of my conversation with Valerie Ellis, which began in last week's episode and where we talked about the importance of hearing God. This week, we talk about obstacles to hearing God's voice and how it's actually a skill that we can work on getting better at. Blessings. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. I don't think we'll ever understand until until we get to heaven the dev- devastative effects that sin had when it entered into the universe. Everything changed. And Jesus came back to restore, and that's what he's trying to do. Romans 8:19 says that the world is suffering decay and it's groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters. And just like you said, it's uh, in the scripture that you read, it's the sons and daughters who are led by the spirit. The world is groaning, guys. It is aching. It is decaying. It's groaning because it needs you. It needs sons and daughters. It needs people who will risk hearing from God and improving hearing God because it is a skill. Like it, uh, you know, like we just said, some think that when they when God speaks, it's it's thunder. Some actually hear His voice, and so just like it takes work to hear uh, and listen to, from your spouse or your child, um, it takes work to be sensitive to God, uh, to God's voice, and to and to obey. And so this world is groaning. There are solutions that won't enter the atmosphere. That it won't manifest until it comes through sons and daughters who are hearing from God. And so that's why it's really, really important that we have Christians who hunger for more of God and to hear from him and obey him. I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 2. Uh, It says, pursue this love with eagerness and make it your goal. Yet earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts to be used by believers for the benefit of the church, but especially that you may prophesy, which means to hear a message from God to the people. So I love that God says you can earnestly desire it. So that means I can be passionate to pursue it. And if my pastor tells me not to do it, I can still be passionate to pursue it because I'm moved by the word. If my family comes to me and says, that's ridiculous, who do you think you are? I can still passionately pursue it because I'm a follower of the word. So I love that it doesn't matter if there's outside forces or or opinions or people that are pushing you down or telling you, you you know, don't do this. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that we can do it and that we can earnestly desire it. And then it goes on to say cultivate. 
will cultivate. What is that? If I cultivate something in the garden, it means I prepare the soil. I add, uh, you know, fertile miracle grow. Glory to God. I love that stuff. I, I, I'm adding coffee grounds. I'm adding um, eggshells. I'm adding the things that are going to cause the soil of my garden to be uh, receiving in the in the best culture environment the growth of this plant. And so I'm supposed to cultivate the heart, my heart. And that means spending time with Holy Spirit, inviting God to come in. You know, we were with a group of people recently and um, the one leader that was speaking, I won't say, but uh, his name right now, but anyway, he was, he kept pausing as he was speaking to wait on the Holy Spirit. And one of the, the people were, was irritated with all the pauses. But I love that he was actually creating space for Holy Spirit to come and fill the place. And I think that we have to create space in our life. We have to have some disciplines. I I know that, you know, some structures can keep God out, but, you know, some, we need structure. If we didn't have uh, the structure of our bones, our flesh wouldn't hold well to it. So why not develop some bone structure? Not everyone needs to see it, but it keeps us together, right? Of getting up in the morning and spending time with God and asking God to, to fill us. That's a good structure. Maybe some, some people I know use the time in the car. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? There's times I never turn on the radio because the whole time I want to just spend that time with God. And, you know, or when you're doing dishes or cleaning in the house, Holy Spirit, would you just come and fill this place and just developing a culture for you that is always inviting God in? Because you know what? When you go to school, you remember how it was when you were in school, John? You know, you you would um, see this kid maybe and you felt sorry for him. Nobody liked him. That was me. I always looked for the underdog. So you, you kind of feel sorry for this kid. Nobody liked him. And so you'd go up to him every day or her and you'd be like, hey, how you doing? And you chat with them a little bit and they'd be all closed. But, you know, you kept smiling at him and tell him then, you you know, the next day you go look for him again, just to say hi and stuff. And you do that for like a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there reading your book and you get a tap on the shoulder. And now he's coming to say hi to me. See, that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. You keep pursuing him like the Bible's t- teaching us. Pursue Holy Spirit every morning. Ask him, hey, I want to spend time with you. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to be sitting there eating your lunch. And then whoosh, the presence of God is just going to fall on you. Because now that you've made yourself friendly to him, he's going to make himself friendly to you. One of the um, scriptures that... I first read when I got saved and God used heavily on me was draw closer to God and he'll draw closer to you. Oh, I love and that. it was, so, oh, I love it because what it did was it imparted into me this concept, which I got that, which I was able to apply faith to and, and get real results <laughs> was that I God was basically giving me permission to chase after him and that he he told me it won't be just you chasing after me. I'll be chasing after you. So you draw closer to me. I'll draw closer to you. And that was so empowering to me because it 
became a two-way street. It be became a relationship that I didn't have to wait. And because I didn't deserve to be saved. I mean, I was, I didn't even want him. But when <laughs> I realized it was real and that he was beautiful and that, man, this, that he really loved me, he said, you could get more of me if you want. And I, that was just really excited to me. And so I started pursuing him. I wanted to find, I didn't know how to pursue God. Again, I was going to a Catholic church and no one was talking to me about that. The priest thought I was weird for doing the stuff I was doing. So I felt like this outcast, um, but I knew he was real. And I was like, is there a way I could chase after him? I started looking for any books I could get. Is there anyone, can they teach me how to pursue him? But I wanted to be creative with that and find any way to pursue him. Now, the church I ended up going to after the Catholic church wasn't a prophetic church. And because of that, and I think they thought they were, but they weren't. And it's not something that I was able to increase in the giftings while I was there, but I used to think because of my time there that the prophetic was something extra. Like it's it's a side you could choose with your meal, but it's not part of the entree. You know, if you, hey, if you want to be a little adventurous, go ahead and get the roasted asparagus <laughs> with, with Parmesan <laughs> cheese, <laughs> but it's not part of the entree. So I just never really paid attention to it. But the more like God, I would have these experiences with God where he would talk with me, talk, talk to me. And then these miracles would happen. Even when I was at that church, that would remind me, Hey, you were talked to <laughs> you, you heard God's voice. And, and so I started to get hungry again. And I, I, I've come to find that the gifts in the Bible are not just extras. They're necessities. Like the guy didn't just say, Hey, here's, healing and here's here's um prophecy if you if you want it it's like he says you, you're gonna need this you know you're gonna need to encourage one another and there have been times there have been times where i was in dire straits and i'll get a phone call from valerie she doesn't know the situation and she says i heard this for you and it was what i needed to get through whether it be some uh, a word of wisdom that that I needed to change something in my life or um, or encouragement, but it was something that I needed at that time. And these gifts, if you say they don't exist or are not for today, then you're taking a large part of the Bible out because this isn't Old Testament stuff. This is in the New Testament uh, where he's saying, go after the gifts and that everyone should prophesy. Not everyone's a prophet, but everyone should be able to hear God and deliver that message. Uh, we need that in this world. I think the church, the state of the church right now is in disarray, I believe, because we we aren't using the gifts and hearing from God and encouraging one another. I think religion has done damage. We um, A lot of people have left the church. There's been a lot of people that have been hurt. Um, and they don't want the church because the religious part is what people understand. 
Um, it's become a machine. It's become programs. There's a lack of intimacy and the magic of an intimate relationship with God has been taken out of the equation. It's become do's and don'ts. It's become you should uh, um, hate this and love that um, and not even talk to people who don't agree with you and stuff like that. And so when that starts coming, like uh, people who start to think leave and they're hurt, it's a bad situation. And I believe that there are many Christians starting to come back. They're starting to realize, hey, I need community. And and there's some healing starting, but it won't be sustainable if we're not being spirit-led, if we're not hearing from the God who is the mender and healer and protector and source of everything good. If we mm. don't have that, then anything we try to do on our own will eventually fade. Yeah, I mean, definitely as a pastor, I believe in the church. Have I been wounded in the church? Yes. Has my family been wounded in the church? Lord have mercy, yes. I mean, but you know what? I feel like that if I'd been a CEO of a company, I would have been wounded at my CEO of the company. My, my children would have been, you know, it's just wherever you're at, right? But church is so important when we talk about church being the family of God, just finding people that are like-minded and that want to walk together and want to walk in unity. It means we forgive each other a lot. We keep short records of wrongs. We choose to think the best about each other. But in that environment of um, people, this is what church is. Remember uh, the people in the steeple and open up the door and here's all the people. The, the church is the people. And um, I think that prophetically, what I find is just how my prophetic gift works is people will call me during the week. They'll text me and they'll say, hey, pray for me about whatever, like a job situation or, you know, our I'll, I'll see them in the hallway and they'll tell me something or talk to me. Well, Holy Spirit often grabs those little tippets of a short conversation and stirs my heart all week on it. So that person doesn't even know that that little thing just pinged my heart. And I began to pray for them and intercede for them about that issue or that thought or whatever. And by the time I see them next, I have this, this, you know, this really powerful prophetic word for them. But I don't think it would ever even happen if we didn't have relationship with each other, if I'm not seeing them and they're not talking to me. And it's, and that's the same thing with God. I need to have a relationship with him and then I get more. But the same thing with the now the church is we need to be around each other, loving each other so that we do get these words that are helpful and, and encouraging and you know powerful for one another. So relationship is so important and, and we cultivate that too. It's not something that just happens. I have a better relationship with God because I cultivate that. I have a better relationship with you know John and the people in the church because I cultivate, I take them out to lunch. I listen to them in the hallway. You know, I, I pray for them through the week. So relationship is like the basis, I think, for a good prophetic ministry. Amen. You know, and I'll, I'll say this wisdom as well. I am, um, you know, I realize that people have been hurt from the prophetic. The prophetic misuse can be really damaging. 
I've seen whole community become divided uh, because of wrong use of the prophetic. We we hear God, but we have to use wisdom, right? And when it comes to the prophetic, there's three parts to it. There's one, hearing God. Are you really hearing God? And that's a skill in itself. Um, two, interpretation. You, you, you're hearing God, but are you interpreting it right? Um, and that, I think, is where most of the mistake comes, is when people, um, when they're hearing God, they misinterpret what is actually being said. And then third, are you delivering it in a way that is loving, that God would want you to do it, that you're talking to someone who actually Jesus died for? <laughs> are you honoring them? And so... If when you have wisdom and you know these things and you could do these things correctly, then then it does what uh, a real word from God in, in the Bible it says actually edifies and builds up. Mm -hmm. It should not call divi cause division. Like if your word caused division and pain, something went wrong. <laughs> like if 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 um, it destroyed relationships, something went wrong, and it's your responsibility to find out what that is so that you don't do it again. And I think that's, you know, that's a, a lifetime pursuit for us because we have been teaching, John teaches to Andrea, his wife. We teach not just the prophetic, but 50% of what we teach is protocol, um, you know, the ethics behind it, uh, right heart issues. Because if you don't get the character right and the prophetic right, and it probably works with any gift actually, if you don't have char godly character, walk in radical love, and then you have a gift, you're probably going to wound people with your gift. So you have to develop constantly. That's why I love that. And even in that verse that we talked about in 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 1, it said, first, pursue this love with eagerness and make it your goal. That's, that's a nutshell right there. You know, and having the father's love for people and loving people is such a huge story. I mean, it's a it's a lifetime pursuit. And our, I'm always being challenged on my love walk with people and thinking to myself, how, am I loving them, you know, like Christ would love? Like, like John said, they have, he's died for these people. He's died for them. He's given everything. He emptied out heaven. I, I think there's a song that, that uses that phrase. Stuck with me my whole life. He emptied out heaven. Everything of value, God poured out. The Father poured out in Jesus. So if if we're going to do this right, we have to be uh, radical lovers of God and walk in an integrity and love with each other. But when you do that, you marry those two together. It's so profoundly powerful. And we've seen that through uh, the nations. We prophesy over the nations and have done that for probably 10 years now and uh, in lots of creative different ways. And just to see the impact is incredible, but it's a constant training for us. And even in our training, which we've been doing it for so long, it's constantly resharpening us, refocusing us where areas that we've let get loose are, are not as honoring in. So I think that that's why it says to cultivate it, cultivating. If you're a gardener, you know that you never stop cultivating. It's, this is a lifelong pursuit. What are ways that you've done to cultivate hearing God? 
Well, I think that the first thing was, you know, just recognizing that God was speaking. That was huge. <laughs> Kept asking, is this you? I think that one thing we teach a lot is ask a lot of questions. So I'm asking God, is this you? That's the first one I always ask. I don't take it for granted. There's other voices in the wind. So I always ask, Lord, is this you? And then the second thing I'm asking God is, what do you want to do about this revelation? God doesn't just throw revelation out because, you know, he, he likes to throw out facts. He's not an encyclopedia. He's a world changer. So my question is, Lord, what am I supposed to do about this? Am I supposed to intercede? Am I supposed to talk to? And and then when I ask that question, it begins to unravel for me. I, I hear the Lord tell me what to say or what not to do or what to do. I mean, there's wisdom and, and direction and counsel that comes in with the questions. And then I've learned to ask more questions. So if I'm prophesying over someone, I'll ask about their life. I'll ask, hey, how's it with their wife? How's it with their children? How's their job? Lord, you know, do you have anything to say about their neighbors? Lord, do you have anything to say about where their heart is right now? I'll just keep asking questions. I mean, more questions that you ask the more revelation that you have. I think um, the other thing is, is being filled with, you know, compassion and loving people that, that of course. And then, you know, we uh, went after uh, people that we honor. We felt like they did their gift. Well, like they honored it. They, they really gave it um, honor. And I, and when we heard them giving uh, out the prophetic, it wowed us with the awe of God so we pursued that. So that was like John Paul Jackson for me, Morning Star, John and Carol, uh, Ruth Heflin Ward. People that we saw doing it well, we went after them to say, hey, what do you, how do you do it? If they could teach, sometimes they just imparted. You just could watch because they didn't know how to teach it. But other people really unpacked it and really uh, invested in it. And we became, uh, Greg and I became uh, spiritual sons and daughters of them. Yeah, I think that's a powerful concept right there. Um, there's a story in the Old Testament of Saul. You wouldn't think Saul could prophesy, but it said when he went around the prophets, he started to prophesy. There's something that happened. This is the principle in business and principle everywhere. It's, you know, who you hang around with matters. Uh, you know, if you want to reach certain levels in business, it's going to be Come important on. that you hang around people at higher levels. You know, um, I had a mentor that said in business, because you shouldn't be the richest person in your circle of friends um, because mm -hmm. it will stunt you, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you if you want to hear from God, you should be hanging around people who actually hear from God. If you hang around people who say God doesn't speak to to his children, um, that doesn't happen anymore. You, you know, good luck trying to hear from God. Uh, you got to um, you got to be around people who are hungry for God and believe God for things, you know, even for healing or whatever it is that you're after. Uh, that's an important concept for me. One of the most important things will always be spending time with God. Sometimes it's just in silence. Um, in fact, Spending time with God in silence has helped me distinguish 
the voice of God from my own thoughts. And that's important. If you, if you really want to hear from God, you need to understand how to remove your emotions uh, because your emotions will lie to you. The, the, the Bible says that the heart, your heart will lie to you. And that's why I like when it comes to even prophesying to other people, if I have any sort of emotion, like personal emotion, I won't give the message because it could, it, that's a sign to me. It's a red flag to me that I could be giving something that's from me and not God. I just, I, I want to remove myself as far away from something that I say that I feel God is saying. Yeah, I think, um, you know, even with interpreting dreams, I always say it's harder to interpret your own dreams. <laughs> so the closer you are, it can be uh, difficult. I, you know, again, you know, we're just constantly, um, I, this is what I do. Like if I'm prophesying over somebody and I feel like I'm getting into it, or if um, there's like this environment is stressful, you ever, sorry, you ever been um, where, you know, it's like really chaotic. Maybe there's lots of stuff going around. You're trying to concentrate and hear God and everyone's talking really loud or asking questions or, you know, moving, or maybe um, you're in a really critical environment. And you feel like God wants to give somebody, you know, a word, but you can tell that it's uh, hostile. What I, I think that uh, one of the things I do for myself in the prophetic is I go back to the verse that says uh, the Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts, one for another. And I just sit there and say, Holy Spirit, come and wreck me with love for this person. I don't want my love for them. I want your love. Let me see them through the eyes that you have for them. And I'll stay in that position until I can hear again. And I, I do that a lot because John's come, he's been on with me on my, um, on my live that I do on Thursdays for like last six, seven weeks now. And we're, we do prophetic ministry at the end. And isn't that like, we're doing it raw. We don't see anyone, but these names and a lot of them are from different nations. So we have never met them, you know, so they're just name and we're just like, they're asking for a word and we're just going for it. It's a lot easier. I think to prophesy face to face. Does I feel? Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes I could get like, I can't hear anything and the, you know, it's so silent and everybody is watching and you're just staring at the screen and you're still, so my stress goes up and the more my stress goes up, the less I can hear. That's the, I guess that's a deal that you, the um, peace is a potting soil for revelation. Number one thing that John Paul taught us. So anytime my stress goes up, I can't hear a thing. So I have to go back into that. I brought Lord shed abroad the love of God wreck me for love for this person. That's just a piece of, you know, written word on a paper right now. I don't, I don't even know what they look like or what they, who they are, but you know them Lord, and you're wrecked with love for them and just like contending for that spot. Then revelation comes again. So anyway, that's probably my, my go-to is being and then that goes back to the verse in first corinthians pursue love with this eagerness this is how we prophesy and this is how we prophesy best is we are wrecked with love for one another that's powerful it's so true if i'm in turmoil or i have any type of worry it's really hard to hear from god and maybe that's why god keeps telling us don't be anxious be anxious for nothing. Like there's so many verses in the Bible where he's encouraging us, hey, like have peace, 
um, go approach my throne and lay it all out before me and the Holy Spirit will give you peace. And it's something that seems like it's so important to him. And maybe that's why, maybe because he knows we won't be able to hear him if we don't have peace. Anyways, this was a really powerful first and second episode. I'm going to break this down into two episodes because I want to keep the episode short. Um, I would love for you to give any closing remarks on hearing God, words of advice, or why you think it's important. Floor is yours. Well, I would say this should this this could be your highest pursuit. Going after God to hear his voice, to know what he's saying. It's it's the game changer in your life. I I have given all that I have. I've spent thousands of dollars taking classes. I I've traveled around the world. Great. There's no place I won't go. If I hear the glory is falling or the presence of God is there, I'm going to be there. The pursuit of knowing him. And I don't want it to be something I read about in a book. I want to experience in my life, my God. I want to hear his voice. I want to be led by him. I believe it's going to be the difference between life and death coming in the future. I, I feel like that if we don't, as a people of God, learn to hear his voice, I believe that we won't have a long life like we could if we did. I believe that this is how God, how the world knows that we're sons and daughters. That's how I, as a child, knew that somebody was saved because they spoke about hearing God. Then I was like, wow, that person knows God. This is what is those that were led by the spirit of God. That's what's going to make the difference. It's not, you can tell anybody in the world that you're a Christian. You can tell anyone what church you go to. You can tell, but when they see that you hear from God and are moved by God, they are going to know that you know God. And I want to know somebody who really knows God. I That's who I want to know. It's what draws us like a, a moth to the flame. So you want to affect people in your life? Go after him, pursue him. Realize that this isn't for the few and the mighty, but it's for you. God, Jesus paid the highest price. Remember when he died on the cross before he left the disciples, he said, I have to do this so that I can send you a helper. That's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is like the spirit of, you know, your spirit or it's God's spirit. That's what it's his spirit. So the Holy Spirit, which is now sent to us, whispers in our ear, the voice of our God, so that all of us, every person, this is what Jesus paid for. Every person can send, can be receive the, the voice of God in their ear because of Christ dying on the cross. He made Holy Spirit accessible to us all that we might hear the voice of God. If you could do that, why would you not do it? If the price was paid for you to do it, why in the world would we not leave that on the shelf? It's time for the church to say, that's my gift and go after it. And let's do it earnestly and passionately. Listeners, the, the Bible in Proverbs says that it is the glory of God to hide things, but it is the glory of kings and queens to search after them. And our heart for you is that you have a dynamic personal 
relationship with Jesus, not the religious canned relationship of uh, just going to church and and then going to work, but a dynamic relationship where you're talking to him every day and you're hearing God for your lives. We need you whole. If you're part of the church, we need you to be successful. We need you to have uh, an ability to hear God so that you could be who you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do. Uh, that's how important you are. So uh, that's why we do this podcast. And uh, we had a wonderful time recording this these first two episodes. And we bless you. Yes. Take thanks care. for having me, John. God bless you guys. Hey, I hope you like the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.